I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome listeners to the season finale of Pubs, Pints, People, the camera podcast where we chat about beer, cider, pubs and more. And if you don't know by now, my name's Matt Bundy and I'm joined by our wonderful regulars, Katie Wiles and Aunt Fiorillo. Hello both. Hello. Hello, hello. Yes, season finale, I hear you cry. Today is our 20th episode of Pubs, Pints, People. So we've decided that this is a good time for us to take a short break and build up our craft ale cellars and brew up some more guest interviews. But have no fear, we plan to be back just in time for the virtual Great British Beer Festival taking place from the 11th to the 13th of September. Yes, if you haven't already heard the big news, Canberra is running its first ever virtual GBBF this year. That's due to the ongoing COVID situation, of course. And it was actually meant to be going on last weekend, wasn't it? I believe. Mm. And um, and I personally felt a bit bereft. You know, I love going to the festival. I know that, that we've had lots of lovely messages from wonderful volunteers who take weeks off work, don't they, to help out with the festival. Mm. And it's also such a great opportunity for camera members to see many of their friends from around the country. So it's been a real shame to miss out, but it's great that we can have a virtual one it's taking place if you don't know already between the 11th and 13th of september that weekend where you can join various online tasting sessions and interviews although i had a look and quite a few were already sold out I know, it's been incredibly popular. Half of the sessions sold out within 24 hours of the tickets going on sale. Amazing. But luckily, our organisers are working very hard to get more tickets for those very popular tasting sessions. So there are now more tickets on sale, so no one should be disappointed. We're also going to be doing tours of and malt farms and a cider orchard, followed by a Q&A with the owners, which Matt, Ant and I are going to lead. So make sure to tune in that weekend for some off-the-cuff interviews views from the three of us <laughs> yeah i mean what could go wrong with, uh, with us in charge of the uh, technical <laughs> details of every q a that's going to be a real treat and so all you have to do is you just need to visit virtual.gbbf.org.uk to get your ticket and for all the information that's all on that website there now this week we're ending the series with a chaser of the feel-good factor. Uh, we're talking about charitable brews, that's beers that have been made to raise money for charity. And we're also celebrating the big hearts in our wonderful pub and brewing community who've done so many amazing things over the years to help charities and especially during the last few months. We've seen such a huge rise over the last few months in them raising money specifically for the NHS with everything that's been going on. Duration did a buy the NHS a pint for a bar tab after lockdown. Miss and Guns did a limited edition Scrubs lager to raise money for the care workers charity. 
We've all heard of the brew dog, tongue-in-cheek Bernard Castle Eye Test Charity Beer for the NHS, and Old Dairy Brewery launched a special edition pale ale called Frontline, of which 15p of every bottle went to the NHS, and they've raised £630 so far. Special charity brews aren't a new phenomenon, of course. They've been made for years to raise money for so many good causes. There's Blue Bees Brewery, suitably pale for soup works. You know, Beers of Europe made a beer for their 20th anniversary called Tap Room 20, and they donated money from every bottle sold to East Anglian Air Ambulance. Joseph Holt in Manchester, another one, made a celebration ale to raise money for Cancer Centre, the Christie's. You might not know that Shepherd Neem Spitfire, which is now such a well-known ubiquitous beer, actually started out as a charity brew in 1990 for the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Britain. I, I do not like know Spitfire. that at all. I do like that beer. <laughs> Those charitable brews, they, they we're barely covering the tip of the iceberg, or the froth of the pint, uh, we should say. <laughs> and there are just so many, you know, that we can't hope to mention them all. But we've missed out any that you know of, then please tell us about it on Twitter. Drop us a tweet on at pubs, pints, people, and we'll make sure that they get a shout out on social. Definitely. I mean, it's just, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just how, how as an industry, we're so passionately giving back to communities. And I guess that's what we've been talking about a lot in this series, isn't it? About beer in pubs and it's about being the heart of the community. This week's interviews are equally as inspiring. And first up is our own aunt talking to Rudy Kaiser from Watling Street Beer and Claire Chatter from Bart's Charity about how they create a charity brew. After that, we'll also be speaking to Brew Gooder that does loads of charitable work on an international scale. But to kick it off, we'll hand over to Ant for his interview with Link Street Beer and Bart's Charity. Over to you, Ant. Learn and discover. This week's Learn and Discover shines a spotlight on charity brews. Rudy Kaiser from Watling Street Beer was fortunate enough to be closely involved with NHS Nightingale London from setup to operations and then downscaling the last few weeks as COVID-19 continues to dominate our media pools. Now, Q stage left Claire Chater, Director of Engagement and Fundraising for Barts Charity, uh, who support the remarkable work of staff and researchers at the Barts Health Group of Hospitals, Rudy, I'd just like to start with you, if I may, and fire in straight away with the questions. Now, you've brewed this fantastic beer, Florence Nighting Ale. Now, Matt Bundy, who's one of our presenters, would love that because he loves a good pun. Uh, Florence Nighting Ale Pale Ale, and are the proceeds of which are going to the COVID-19 appeal. How did this, and I can speak very confidently here to our listeners, how did this superb tasting pale ale come into fruition? The, the whole idea really was mentioned already, the pun. So during the build phase of Nightingale, I was actually walking up and down what we'd call the boulevard, um, sort of the, the central reservation down at Excel. And the deputy CEO of the Nightingale Hospitals, uh, Matthew Trainer, made a fantastic pun saying, hey, why don't you make a beer called Nightingale? Ha <laughs> ha. And, um, you know, it, it kind of just um, all snowballed from there. I mean, there are so many worthy causes that you could have supported so what inspired you to support Bart's charity? It was a bit of a no-brainer, really. I wanted to partner with a charity as opposed to just off the back of doing some beer sales to say, hey, I'm going to raise some money and, and donate it. I really wanted a, a charity partner. A lot of people have really been doing things for, for NHS charities. And it, it was a bit of a no-brainer that we teamed up with Bart's because Bart's were providing the clinical support or the clinical services for, for Nightingale. And so then over to you, Claire, then, from the charity itself. And welcome to the show, by the way. Is this the first time that you've worked with a brewer to raise money for our NHS? It is indeed, yes. First time working with a brewer. So the, the job has some perks, I'll say that. <laughs> um, 
No, it's, it's been a really great experience. I think we obviously as a charity, we always ask a lot of questions and think very carefully about any brands and companies and products that, that we work with. And what really struck us, I think, was the story behind the creation of this beer and just what a remarkable individual Rudy is. And talking with him really sort of brought to life his experience at the Nightingale and his kind of desire to do something positive and, and to support his amazing NHS colleagues. How did you, uh, as a pair or as a team, if you like, work in collaboration with Rudy to, to get all of this from, hey, I've had an idea and I'm, I'm making a beer, you know, to labels, cans and raising money? How did all of that, uh, how, you know, how do you approach that as a charity? Well, I, I mean, we were very lucky because Rudy came to us with something that was, you know, clearly a fantastic idea and a fantastic product um, and was actually pretty well down the line and, and, and well formed. So, you know, there was already, already some fantastic artwork there. And what we could do, I think, really was to use our knowledge of how to put together the fundraising angle, how to make sure that we did that in a way that was right and proper and well managed. And we could provide that sort of insight and then really to to do what we could to kind of support on the promotion and the awareness and to get the word out there about about this fantastic product. Can you tell us a bit more about the beer itself as a brewer? Yeah, so I mean, I, I personally think it's a great hybrid. It's a, probably put it on as, a, as an American-style pale ale using Cascade and Chinook as a dry hop. You know, I say great hybrid because I don't find it's hugely offensive to any palate. It's crafty and kind of fruity enough to, to be really distinctive and, and, and refreshing, but not so much that you, you, you wouldn't want to have a few of them in, in, in one sitting in, in a bit of a session. So you, you can probably quite heavily have um, three or four cans. You know, there are 330ml cans, so it's not like uh, you're going completely <laughs> into a big session of three or four pints. But you, you can certainly have a, have a couple and, and not feel that your taste buds go, oh, I feel like I need a, a, a plant tasting lager now just to, to wash that down. So Claire, question for you. How successful has this been as a pairing for Bart's and for, for Watney Street, do you think? I think it's been great. I mean, it's something quite different for us to have done. Um, It's been fantastic to work with Rudy, and I think we've really enjoyed seeing the really engaging way that the story has come together with the product, um, the way that the beer's been presented particularly fantastic social media coverage and presence you know they, they've been posting lots of kind of teasers and photos and videos and we've been doing our best to kind of try and share that as well so I think it's it's created a bit of a, a buzz around it I know a lot of our NHS colleagues have certainly been commenting that they've been buying it and enjoying it so that's um if you get the seal of approval from the doctors and the nurses that's usually a good sign. Rudy, are you going to do anything more, anything like this again? What's next? Yeah, what's next is another an, another beer that's been inspired from my time at Nightingale, which which we're going to be calling Patient X, which uh, I've come under a bit of fire from some corners from, where the name sounds maybe a little bit harsh. But I'm sticking to my guns against this kind of cancel culture that we seem to be living at the moment, because it's it's pretty raw for me as my experience down there. And I think it's pretty raw for a lot of people who have lost loved ones through this pandemic. So I don't want to shy away from the harshness of the effect that the pandemic's had. And that is really about bereavement. I think there's definitely a sense that, you know, people more and more want to see companies and brands being socially responsible and getting engaged with local communities and, uh, you know, using their you know, using their power for good. The more of these kind of initiatives, whether it's, uh, you know, the sale of a product, whether it's spending time with staff volunteering, perhaps, or whether it's making donations of, of gifts in kind or a whole different range of things, 
it's certainly something that that companies and and breweries can do and get involved with i think we all have a role to play in supporting good causes and charities businesses individuals can all work together and use our respective influence to change things for the better and as a consumer you have buying power and you can use that and i suppose in a way you know what what better feeling than being able to responsibly of course enjoy a delicious beer Mm. and then know that at the same time you're you're giving something back and there's that that little aspect that is going to to make a difference at the same time of course there's a question i just know a lot of our listeners are going to want to know the answer to and that is where can they pick up a can of florence nightingale's pale ale we're retailing them on online obviously you know uh, for for many breweries uh, online sales have have really uh come come to the fore uh, during during this whole uh, pandemic the the whole crisis online sales are are really the only way that uh, that that you can purchase uh, we're selling them in either six packs or cases of 24 and that's just on on our website so it's uh, com. and claire for those who are interested in learning more about barts or perhaps getting involved with the charity in some way how can we get to to the charity so the best thing to do would be to either search for Bart's Charity on your favourite social media channel or you can visit our website at bartscharity.org.uk. Learn and discover. Oh, fantastic. I tell you, I'm always in support of beers which are working with charities, but throw in a pun, you are right to say that, <laughs> and I'm doubly sold. You know, Florence Nighting Ale... It's spot on, isn't it? Absolute perfection. <laughs> Great punning. We've all been very lucky to actually try the Nightingale ourselves. Rudy sent us a pack very kindly. What did you guys think of it? I had one before I interviewed Rudy because I wanted to make sure that I had actually tasted the beer before we spoke. And uh, it really is an absolutely superb ale. You know, I said that in the interview, but it's not full of hops that are going to blow your face off. It doesn't It doesn't have that kind of extreme hop taste to it. It's a real, real nice blend and balance of them. There's more of a fruity thing going on for me. Then once I'd spoken to Rudy and once we'd had that interview with Rudy and Claire... When I had it again, I knew the story behind it, so it was just a, it was quite a humbling experience to be able to have drunk some of it and, and shared in some of that efforts from, from Rudy and the team at the brewery. I mean, it is a great ale. I, I hadn't paid so much attention to the label until Rudy had spoken about it in the interview, but when you do look at it, I love all the little nuances that the marketing team have put in there, you know, the little stethoscopes in the syringe and stuff. They are all there, um, but they but they do do sit nicely behind that, that profile picture of Florence. And it's also great to hear that doctors and nurses have given it the same of approval i mean (laughs) it can sometimes be hard to win them over when it comes to alcohol but if anyone deserves to enjoy a great beer after such hard work over the last few months it's them yeah, definitely. And I'm definitely looking forward to trying Patient X. And I know the dark tones, and really said this, it might even be a bit of a selling point. You know, the story behind a name can be really important, and I think it's going to strike a chord with a lot of people if it's marketed well. And I look forward to see where they go with that and how it does. As Rudy said in the interview, he's not got a charity partner for Patient X, but I'm sure that between us and our listeners and word of mouth, we can get that out there and get some uh, sales made so we can give it to those bereavement charities. Now, of course, there are many ways that breweries and pubs have helped out charities over the years, and it doesn't always have to be making limited edition charitable brews. You know, some breweries have given amazing donations to charities. For example, Hogsback Brewery, and they celebrated their 25th anniversary by giving £10,000 to Macmillan Cancer Support. 
And Rebellion Beer Company has its own charity set up, which has donated to various charities all over the world. Uh, and Brugada have give all of their profits towards clean water projects uh, that are happening all over the world too. Absolutely. Well, as it happens, we've got Alan Mann from Brewgooder for our next interview. They're going to be talking about their charitable work, which will be really interesting. Before we do, though, we've got a few things we want to just let you know to look out for while we take our break. Listeners based near Letchworth can get involved in an ale trail from September 25th to the 27th. And that's organised by the North Hearts branch. It's a townwide event to encourage you to visit pubs on an individual basis, of course, to ensure social distancing. Mm. But we're going to put together a map by the branch so you can figure out which pubs to visit. So keep an eye out on the website, which is northhearts.camera.org.uk. I look forward to seeing some pictures from that one on our Twitter feed. Now, there's also some great new Learn and Discover content available for our members to keep you busy during our break too. So if you've not already checked it out yet, get over to camera.org.uk forward slash learn dash discover. We've now got the first instalment of a series on how cider is made from Gabe Cook, a.k.a. the Ciderologist, who will take you on a short tour of the orchards. And there's also part two of the audio guides produced by award-winning beer writer Emma Inch, which is all about malt. And it's got an interview featuring Chris Maltz, Craft Brewing, and Distilling Manager for Scotland, great title, Colin Mm -hmm. Johnson. That sounds great. It does indeed. So make sure you check those out and much, much more. So without further ado, let's head over to uh, what will be our final interview of this season to our chat with Alan from Brewgooder. Desert Island Beer. I'm joined today by Alan Mann, founder of Brew Gooders. Alan, I'm going to start the interview by quoting you back to yourself from an article you wrote that I found during um, my research for this. Quote, Brew Gooders started as an idea that the social power inherent in a good pint enjoyed by friends was probably one of the most powerful forces on earth, if harnessed for good. So is Brew Gooder, is it a brewery? Is it a company? Is it a charity? Is it a initiative i mean what exactly is it brugger is all of the above we are a beer how we define ourselves is a beer brand that's built on purpose and i think the purpose has a double meaning like we set out to achieve something the the thing we set out to achieve was can you use beer to bring a million people clean water so in many respects it's a campaign or a mission or a vision or a kind of a a finger in the air like is this possible as we've kind of grown and and diversified what we've done on the beer side of things, we actually think that we're a way, a beer brand that allows drinkers to have a positive impact in the world by doing what they love in essence. So we are proudly collaborative. Like I think one of the things that it took me a while to get over in terms of the chip on my own shoulder was that we didn't have our own brewing capacity. But I never came to this as a brewer. I didn't think I didn't look around and say there's not enough good beer in the world. Like I want to start my own brewery to improve the quality of beer. I came to it saying I absolutely love this industry. I want to work with the best possible brewers we can to make really good beers that other people like me can enjoy. So I think we are a, a beer brand that we, you know, we contract brew and, and some people get squeamish when they say that, but that's what we do. We work with the, the best possible um, brewers we can to make as much impact as possible and hopefully to put a, a smile on, on drinkers' faces as well. Amazing. So from a practical point of view, what does Brew Gooder actually do? How many beers do you have? What's practical day in, day out of it? We're kind of a bit of a, a mix of things, really. Um 
we we have our own core beers. So we have clean water lager, um, which we, we brew with the guys up at um, Brewdog and, and Ellen. We work with a London brewery to produce a IPA, a session IPA, and a um, tropical pale ale as well. But we want to work within the dynamic that I think is absolutely unique within the craft beer industry, and that's collaboration. We were planning a, a collaboration with 254 brewers across 24 different countries uh, on the, the 20th of March um, 2020. And if you can remember and scratch your head as to what day that was, that was the day that the lockdown kind of came into effect in the UK and, and then in several other places. So that was um, a big challenge. But for me, that was about actually, you know, if our main beer is lager and, and there aren't, you know, not everyone wants to engage with what we do through a lager, why would we say that that's the only route that you can engage with us on? So, I mean, you've approached 254 brewers. Is it to create a charity brew or is it to create a brew good or beer? Yeah, it was to create a, and the dynamic of the whole campaign um, was to create a beer um, that was unique, their unique contribution to it, that was small batch, that wasn't permanent, that was basically their way of saying, here's our, you know, effort for this. And a lot of people would have been selling that through, you know, traditional uh, trade sales online in bottle shops, et cetera. But a lot of people were using it as a, an excuse really to, to have a, a, a tap room event or to, to, to have fun really with it and to engage their community. Um, so that's kind of the way the way it worked. And, and the only stipulation that we had was that you had to raise, you know, a minimum of, of 500 pounds, which for some brewers, you know, is a significant amount of work to, to do. But everyone embraced it. And it was actually so reaffirming and also quite humbling to, to think of some of the, the huge brewers that, you know, I've been drinking beers of for as long as I can really remember in, in terms of my journey through beer, like, you know, to shoot over in, in, in the States. Or you know, Cloudwater or whoever it is that you know you'd be fans of. That they all embraced it and and they all absolutely knocked it out of the park. And the only shame was that you know when we were in the our office as, as a team, we were saying you know nothing can stop this. This is absolutely amazing. This is going to be brilliant. But only an act of God can stop this, and then an act of God did. But to their credit, a lot of the brewers who weren't as adversely affected as others still managed to release their beers and i think something like 110 of those 254 have already gotten away and and have, 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 have went into the ether and then i think on a rolling basis some of the beers that were maybe kept back um just due to the uncertainty are now starting to make their way into the world as well which is super awesome to see and i think Bruin is full of really nice people and i think if you give them an opportunity to do something cool by doing what they do every day then it's almost like a bit of a, a win-win for everybody. In terms of the brewers, when they're making these kind of one-off small batch brews, have they tended to kind of go out on limb and do something completely weird or has there been a theme to it or has how has it worked? I mean, the guys at Wild Beer made a, a beer without water. I think they used it and they made it with whey and it was a, a Terry's chocolate orange stout, which was absolutely delicious. Dry and bitter were in Denmark, made a, a lychee and apricot sour probably want to mess out a lot of the the weird and, and wacky and wonderful ones but i think like what we wanted to 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 create and you'll probably see emerge from us in collaborations in the future is to kind of take a brewery and say what makes this brewery amazing and can we do something that they love to do and are amazing at doing and add a dimension to that what's your favorite beer that you've been involved in Oh, jeepers, there is a lot. So I would probably say 
the first ever session NEPA that we did it was a really challenging style. So New Englands are, are usually much higher ABV than you would expect, you know, maybe 6% plus or whatever. And we worked with a guy, guys in Glasgow called Overtone and they're, they were, they were reasonably new and pretty small then, but we knew that they, they made really flavorful New England and we challenged them to kind of make a, a session NEPA and the process was amazing from, from designing the recipe all the way to making it and then kind of crossing our fingers to hope that the beer ter- tasted nice. And then when we had it, it was absolutely delicious and, and we always as a team say that that was when we started to to really start to make the, the beers that we wanted to and, and started to push what was you know normal in many respects to like say that this is what we wanted but then there's beers like sea beams by by dry and bitter which was that apricot saw that i was talking about which was just absolutely smashing you know it was just a, a an awesome beer that it takes your breath away a little bit where you're kind of going like you know that we made that happen that that came from from a campaign that we decided designed but then there's beers that you know the ones that got away almost like we have i haven't had the the, the chance to drink so i think Formbridge did a, a cast bitter and i really want to drink that because i absolutely love that style and i never got the chance to so hopefully Thornbridge um are listening in, in some respect and and can revive that one in the near future and and uh, i can get to drink that as well how much actual impact do you think Brewgooders has had in the last four years? So in four years, the most recent total of impact that we do effectively survey with our charity partners is that it's empowered or helped to empower the lives of 65,235 people uh, across 134 projects in Malawi. Now, some of them have been huge projects that we've financed entirely ourselves. And a lot of them have been ones that we've, you know, continuing that collaborative theme that we've we've co-funded with with lots of partners and um, so the impact is real one of the communities that we we did our first ever project in is a place called Chaluzi it's actually the name of our um our session at IPA as well and so Chaluzi we went in and they had a relative degree of, of of water coverage but we upgraded it significantly to to a solar powered tank which then fed into a school freedom program in a local school and vip toilets and then every time we go back there's there's something new and there's more development we can do in that community so now we actually have funded both in terms of ourselves and, and through partners three of those water towers so there's probably about a fifteen thousand liter capacity per day within that that community and there's now a, a clinic you know that that for mothers and babies there's vegetable gardens there's just an enormous amount of, of really positive things that have happened and if you imagine that that impact can be replicated across another 133 communities then we hopefully have genuinely made a, a really significant impact even even the first four years great alan thank you very much desert island beer Wow, isn't that incredible to be able to say that they've impacted the lives of over 65,000 people yeah. thanks to beer, of all things. Is I know, abs- amazing. I mean, imagine what we could actually do if we really put our minds to it. It's great, isn't it? It absolutely is. It's a win-win situation for all involved as far as I'm concerned. You know, not only have breweries been able to help with this impact, but it's also given them an opportunity to really push the boundaries of their craft. I swear things uh, always taste better when they're made with a passion for a good cause. I mentioned that with Florence. I really do believe that. It's crazy to think of the scale they're working on. I mean, collaborating with 250 brewers, I mean, (laughs) 24 different countries 
uh, that is a pretty complex job. And, and I guess what are the odds, though, aren't they, uh, that the big collaboration date was set to be March 20th? Oh, I know. <laughs> right at the start of lockdown. <laughs> Sod's law, isn't it? Um, uh, we've but we've heard so many stories about you know how how brewers have have pushed on through the difficulties and and made it through lockdown. And I think it's been a real test of will to make it happen. You know, it's been a real test of this collaboration that they've managed to get it going through lockdown. And I think it's really affirming that so many breweries got involved. You know, brewing, as he said, is full of nice people. It is. I mean, and so many of those beers are up my street as well. I know you guys are fond of your more traditional brews, but how amazing does that Terry chocolate stout sound? I mean, my <laughs> mouth is just watering thinking I about mean, it. I'm not going to lie. I do like a Terry chocolate orange. I, I think you get good value for money with a chocolate orange. So I would try this out. <laughs> Always about value for money, yeah? Of course it is. I'm a northerner, Wazi. You know, I, you know, if I'm going to get a piece of chocolate, I'll make sure it's dense, you know? <laughs> I'm not usually a fan of the uh, of the chocolate orange in, in in its solid form, but as a drink, I think that could work. And I, I do like the kind of the the weirdness of making it with whey instead of water. It's a kind of delightfully bonkers. You know, I love I love it when people are are experimenting with weird chemistry like that. Uh, and I, I tell you what, I wonder if the listeners you know, have any idea of brew flavors or breweries that they'd love to hear get involved with the campaign. You know, why don't we you tweet us at Pubs Paint People with any ideas you've got for some uh, equally bonkers collaborations, and we'll we'll pass them on. If you want to learn more about brew gooders, or maybe you're a brewer who wants to get on board with the campaign, just check out their link in the show notes below. Now, for our last dive into the archives for the season, we've only actually gone back in time a few years to What's Brewing from April 2018 with an article about a fantastic charity event organised by Pub Aid called the World's Biggest Pub Quiz. It had 2,200 pubs taking part and pubs could support Pub Aid's chosen partner, which was Prostate Cancer, or their own charities to raise over £200,000, which is just amazing. It is. It looks like Pub Aid actually did some research about how much money pubs raise for charity with all of their own initiatives. And it comes to actually, it's a staggering, you're not going to believe this, it comes to £100 million. Pounds. No way. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, it makes you think about how much pubs could have raised for charity over the last few months if they weren't closed for those kind of 100 days this year, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you, Matt. It's fantastic, isn't it? It just shows all the work that pubs do. It's not all about just serving the beer. It's actually through that love of beer that people come together and do great things for great causes. Now, listen, we've also given a mention here to the camera festivals in the article, which always have a charity part that they raise money for uh, that's the national festivals like the gbbf as well as the little local ones dotted around the country if you go to a camera festival you'll usually see a donation tin at the end of each bar where you can donate any unused beer tokens if you have any <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. from the end of the night and that can all go to the chosen charity to help raise much needed funds for local and national issues and raise awareness for those different charities so we we you know that's very much permeates across all of our beer festivals as well I know that last year's GVBF from we've seen was supporting Stonewall and you yeah. could purchase a rainbow lanyards when you enter and that helped raise awareness and support for the LGBTQ plus community. And in 2018, it was the Royal British Legion. And before that, in 2017, I'm testing Prostate Cancer UK. Um, and they used the festival to launch a competition to find the nation's favourite local, uh, which is a really great idea. And I think it's just a really great way to bring beer right back to the heart of our communities once again. 
It absolutely is. And this is a great moment to remind all of our listeners once again that those GBBF tickets are now on sale and also a reminder that the best way to support everything we do is to sign up to be a camera member. It's quick, it's easy, it don't cost the salt of the earth. And on that note, it's time for our last orders of the series. Last orders. All right, last orders. What have you two been drinking this week? Well, I'm still in Cornwall, but I have been let down the local breweries this week. I haven't actually been drinking local um, because I've actually been sent a beer selection box uh, to celebrate getting a new job. Hooray! Send the series on a high. Feel good factor. <laughs> um, and it, it was actually, I think, my new favourite beer, which is a big statement. Uh, but oh. it was by Wiper and True uh, mm-hmm. from Bristol, and it was a kaleidoscope pale ale. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I just look at the beer selections from the start of the season to the end of them and and how how our taste... Not, maybe not so much yours, Wilesy, because you've always been out there and ready to try something <laughs> exciting. But certainly for, for Matt and I, you know, we're, we're slowly crawling towards the uh, heady heights of experimental and collaboration. Making and you, you crafty. Well, we're crafty cunning foxes, aren't we, at the end of the day? Last one, right? So this was a big one for me this week. I thought, oh, which one am I going to choose? Which one am I going to feature? Because I've been drinking all sorts this week just to stay cool. Ironically, at time of recording, there's thunderstorms overhead. But it's been a warm one, in case you didn't notice. And that, and, and I suppose the beer that's really left an impact on my taste buds has been a collaborative brew between Vocation Brewery up in Yorkshire and Manchester Marble Brewery in Salford. And they've combined a wonderful set of ingredients to create hop, skip and juice. And it's a real hazy pale ale, which we've spoken about recently in the vegetarian episode. Uh, and we've also done an entire dedication to collaborative brews earlier on in the season. So I felt it quite fitting to feature this one as a parting gift before the season end. Mm, sounds really good. and It's really good. You actually inspired me last week with your milkshake IPA. I was like, <gasps> I need to move on from stout to those milkshakes. Uh, so I got myself a little tasty box from Brew York recently. They've got a seasonal beer called a Rhubarbra Streisand. Extra, extra custard edition. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's a milkshake pale with extra lactose and vanilla to replicate a custard flavour. And that was just fantastic. It, it's, <laughs> Real it's delight. Sound- Sounds like it's thick. Was it thick? <laughs> I wouldn't say thick. I'd just say it wasn't clear. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. A bit murky. Oh, put, put a spoon in it and the spoon just disappears into the haze. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, listen, before we sign off, we really want to do some thanks here, don't we, and some dedications. And of course, we want to thank all of our followers on Twitter. And, and let's just read out a few responses from the past week because our mate, Shawnee Mahoney, has been uh, manning the Twitter front for us and has sent us some of your shout outs. We had Cyber beer reviews to get in touch they really enjoyed the belgian beer episode and found it very informative well thank you very much mm, we also heard from pop culture brews our friends in america they've been brewing a simpsons inspired american blonde ale where the drinkers can add flavored syrups to the pint for their own unique beer and it's going to wow. be <laughs> it says it's going to be the mythical skittle brow <laughs> so, i mean they, they just make the ludicrous. best beers <laughs> that's amazing and you can just pimp your own beer i like that pimp your pint so american i love it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing um and then finally we've had uh, stem at leeds who've got in touch to say that they're big on sustainability so really enjoyed our episode uh, showing what breweries are doing in that area they gave us a shout out which is always lovely to have keep them coming while we're on our break absolutely just because we're not recording doesn't mean that the twitter feed's not going to be uh, looked after so do come on we are also aware that we've had quite a few questions in for roger Protz, the beer writer you know if you don't know roger where have you been mm. um 
but uh, we'll certainly endeavour to get those over to Roger. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to answer those. And before we end the season, we want to once again thank all the volunteers who have been helping us over the last few months. The writers, researchers, interviewers, interviewees coming on. Um, <laughs> you know, so much that goes into it. So thank you so much. And for everyone, obviously, who's been giving us a listen. So we will be returning to the airwaves on the 22nd of September, straight after the virtual Great British Beer Festival. And from there on, we will be airing once every two weeks to give us lots of time to plan some great episodes for our listeners and let you know what's coming up in advance and hopefully have a bit more engagement and dialogue with you guys. We look forward to being back then. It'd be lovely to uh, to chat to you on Twitter and elsewhere. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's time for my final quote of the series, isn't it? And I, oh, I've yeah. actually chosen a classic from W.C. Fields and it reads, everyone needs to believe in something. I believe I'll have another beer. Cheers! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How does a free case of beer sound? Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash people. That's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95. And what's more, as a special offer for our listeners, they'll throw in two extra beers for free. So that's 10 unique craft beers. Beer52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world. Each month, they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Derges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia... Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. 
So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now.